We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with John McKechnie, recording a little later than usual as our uh, colleague Paul Bruno is off today. But hopefully, you get a couple hours here before the main lineup lock for this evening to uh, get everything in order. Uh, John, how's it going for you today? Uh, doing well. You know, enjoyed the uh, getting on the XM show this morning. You know, kind of getting that debut out of the way. But you know, I think that also got me uh got me prepped for for this podcast so i think that uh, i think we're both feeling pretty good about how the slate's going to turn out yeah i mean the four game afternoon slate has been crazy uh, i think the, the cash line was like 200 points on FanDuel, so uh we'll see how the night slate plays out two games kind of lost in the shuffle four games already in the books uh, you got the cubs padres and then the Indians A's matchups that are not a part of the main evening slate so nine games to look at tonight Three aces at the top, uh, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, and Chris Archer at 11-5, 11-2, and 10-4. Uh, Archer is the cheapest of the bunch by a decent margin because he has the most difficult matchup. Is it worth the risk, in GPPs at least, to think about Archer, or do you just go right past him today? Uh, I think so, and I think you you don't go right past him because of what what's there you know like you got a Carlos Martinez it draws a really tough matchup uh, against the Dodgers and a few other uh, guys down there that uh, you know I don't think have quite the stuff or have you know a much tougher tougher matchup than Archer here so I think that Archer uh, he is going to be low owned for for GPPs you know because of that stadium because of the power that's in that Texas lineup but I think that he could sneakily uh, be a nice nice uh play here tonight because uh at the same time he does have pretty strong numbers against a lot of these rangers hitters as well yeah austin bibbins dirks 
is starting for the Rangers. Is that some sort of creative player from from the show or something? That's what I thought. Uh, it, he's a real player. He's, he's he exists. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, this is he's thirty two years old, and I think this was the first time he's ever pitched in the majors. He's already made a couple appearances, four actually, out of the bullpen for the Rangers already. Uh, those bullpen appearances haven't been that bad. ERA below four, with below one, but we're talking about eleven and a third innings. So. Uh, the numbers at AAA Round Rock this year: three forty-two ERA, one two-two WHIP. So, not really expecting a lot from uh, from Bibbins Dirks, and it might even be a short start for him too. I mean, he, he's maybe a four-inning guy before uh, they have to go into that bullpen. So, Rays will be popular against him. I think the win probability for Archer is fairly high for this being a road matchup in Arlington. As far as Scherzer and Degrom go. A three hundred dollar price difference on FanDuel is so small that I'm inclined to say if you're going to pay up, you might as well just pay up for Scherzer in a slightly safer landing spot. Since the Brewers' offense can do damage, I, I trust Degrom, but I just think Scherzer's on another level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm way less afraid of you of using a pitcher against the Giants lineup than I, than I am uh, Brewers. Uh, you know, just in a vacuum. So I think that the fact that that's out in San Francisco only makes it a better matchup for Scherzer overall. And DeGrom obviously uh, pitches well at home. He's got high strikeout potential here going against uh, Brewers lineup. Um, and he's at home. That that always uh, helps matters. But like you said, you know, if it's only $300 difference uh, between the two of these guys, I, th- I think Scherzer uh, has a safer win probability here because, uh, you know, that Mets lineup for as good as it can be sometimes, it can really, really disappear on you uh, at other times here. So I, I tr- must much more trust that Nationals lineup uh, to back up Scherzer, you know, and they get to go against Matt Cain, who's not the same Matt Cain, even though he has been pitching a little bit better this year. Still, I really like uh, that win probability that Scherzer has, so I'll, I'll give him the lean as well. Yeah, I think for cash purposes, it's hard to imagine going away from the big three again this evening. Uh, but James Paxton, Big Maple making his return. Mariners, Rockies flipping to Seattle, so that bodes well uh, for his chances of, of at least doing well his first time back 8800 is the price on FanDuel he only threw 55 pitches in his final rehab start which gives me some pause I just wonder if they cap him at 75 80 maybe even 85 pitches uh no word of course as to their plans to do that but just kind of reading the signs a little bit I'm kind of dialing back the workload expectation for James Paxton in this start even though I like the price, and I like the fact that he's getting Colorado outside of uh, Coors. Right. You know, uh, it, it's just one of those things where it's tough to, to use a pitcher uh, coming off the DL, but Paxton, a little bit of a, of a different animal. He's been, you know, so strong this year up until uh, he landed on the DL, and, you know, that, that strikeout upside that he's been bringing all this time has been you know, awesome. And then, like you said, you're dodging, uh, you're dodging Coors Field, you're getting them under 9,000. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, that, that Rockies lineup, it's tough. Uh, they, they can definitely draw out some long at bats. So, you know, you're, you're talking about a situation where like, what if you only get, you know, four and two thirds out of packs and just because they don't want to, you know, rush them back and, you know, rush them up to like a hundred pitches after throwing 55 last time out. So I, I am a bit averse to packs and I'd like to see one or two more of his starts before I start using him regularly uh, in DFS. So if you want to find a cheaper arm in the big three, where do you want to go on today's slate? I feel like Carlos Martinez is pretty much a non-option at 9,400 home against the Dodgers. It's a, it's a lineup that I fear 
run support could be an issue, but should be less of a problem tonight with Hinjin Ryu uh, having the start for the Dodgers. I mean, I think the Cardinals, if they can't hit the current version of Hinjin Ryu, they've got some really big problems uh, to address offensively. Uh, do you go to a Tanaka against the Orioles or Pomeranz against the White Sox? I mean, the White Sox have crushed lefties so far this year, so that doesn't seem to be a good call either. Uh, Ian Kennedy against the struggling Tigers, perhaps, or Junior Guerra against the Mets. Like, is, is there a cheaper starter that you feel good about today? Yeah, like you like you said with Pomeranz, and when I when I made my first you know kind of run through of of putting a lineup together, Pomeranz was was someone that I, that I went in uh, for, and then I you know looked back on it, and yeah, the uh, White Sox have I believe the best weighted on base in baseball against lefties, and Pomeranz for how, for how good as he was last time out. It seems like he he always t- tends to follow it up with a clunker, so I I would be off of Pomeranz this evening. Uh, Tanaka's a guy that I think with the way that the Orioles lineup is going right now, uh, there are just so many holes in it. There's just a ton of strikeout potential there, um, and I, I think on you know on the other side of it, uh, I think the Yankees probably uh, get to Kevin Gossman, and then uh, you know if they chase him early, then they get to go to a bullpen that's uh, that was taxed last night after. Chris Toman had a really short start, so I think that uh, there's a lot of uh, win potential there uh, for Tanaka. So I like him a good bit. Um, I would like Junior Guerra more if he wasn't being opposed by uh, Jacob Degrom. I, I I really considered him earlier. Um, I'd like to hear what you what your thoughts on Ian Kennedy are though, because I think the Tigers, uh, you know, sneakily could be picked on here. I keep looking at the Tigers as a sleeping giant offensively. I thought it would happen yesterday against Eric Scoglin. And it didn't. Uh, Miggy and JD were very cheap yesterday. They're still affordable today, but they have been priced up a little bit, I think in part because this is a smaller slate than what we saw on Tuesday night. So with Kennedy, I see the case for it. I don't hate it, but I'm not doing it myself. If okay. that uh, pushes people in either direction, hopefully it's somewhat helpful. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Junior Guerra might be really cheap on DraftKings. I haven't looked extensively at that. So if he's discounted more than he is on FanDuel... I might be willing to take that chance on DraftKings. But again, I feel okay about it and not great. Because I think with Guerra, you're worried about the innings workload maybe being capped around six or so since he's still just, uh, I think, one start removed from that DL stint. That's right. Kevin Gossman has been uh, pitching better the last couple times out, but he gets the Yankees on the other side of the Naka matchup. Uh, I assume you're not doing anything with Gossman and GPPs? Uh, No, I'm not. I I just worry about... Uh, the the possibility of him you know allowing so many base runners I think his his whip is among the highest uh, for starting for qualified starting pitchers he's always letting guys on base and that's that's when I tend to find that he he uh, kind of runs into trouble that you know the guy gets on first or second he has to go to the stretch and then he just really kind of starts to uh, he's just not as electric as as he usually is when he's kind of comfortable uh, with nobody on so uh I would be worried about the Yankees putting together some really strong at bats, getting on base. Uh, so I, I really don't uh, think that this would be the time to use Kevin Gossman. I think you know an, another time, you know, at home, even at Camden Yards, I think it would be fine. But just the way the Yankees are going right now, it's really hard to use a pitcher against them and feel any sort of confidence. Yeah, don't mess with them right now. Nope. The only other pitching question I have is if you're looking at. Uh, the Angels and Braves, two lineups uh, playing without their best players right now. You know, no, no Freddie Freeman, no Mike Trout for those clubs. Jesse Chavez versus Jaime Garcia. If you had to use one in a tournament, Garcia thinks about eight thousand. Chavez is only sixty eight hundred. So I think based on price, that might answer the question. But which of those two are you more likely to use, given? 
the major injuries impacting those two lineups. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there, but I'd probably give the a slight lean to Jaime Garcia because as even without Freddie Freeman, I still think that that Braves lineup um, is a little bit better than than like the Angels lineup. Sands, Mike Trout. I think Trout uh, really. You know, I'm not going out too far on a limb here and saying that he, you know, he makes that entire lineup uh, go. So, so the fact that he's out right now, I think, really, really takes any of the sting out of that Angels lineup. I mean, Pujols, I know, has, has hit home runs in back-to-back games. He's getting close to 600. I think he, he might be worth consideration for tonight. You know, uh, just the way he's going right now. But um, I, I would probably give Garcia a slight lean here. How about yourself? I would probably go the other way with Jesse Chavez, I mean, just to save the money because that does free up a little more for some of the bats that you want. I think you want exposure uh, with Rays going up against Austin Bibbins Dirks. I think you want to get uh, maybe a Cardinal or two in there. It's not going to cost a lot against Hinge and Ryu. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take your swipes at Mike Pelfrey, of course. Um, and, and maybe you know mix in a little something against Gossman with those Yankees because the Yankees are priced up right now. So you can't go overboard, but you can get exposure to three or four different pitchers that you want to target. Uh, and the only way to really do that is to go cheaper with That's the pitching true. spot tonight on FanDuel in GPPs. So if I had to do it, Chavez, if I can find enough value bats, then I'll stick to my cash pitcher in tournaments as well. And ideally, that's going to be Scherzer in both. Uh, speaking of bats, though, let's start at the catcher position. Who do you like behind the dish today? I mean, uh, Gary Sanchez is getting a day off for the Yankees. So that takes away the option that I like the most as of this morning. Uh, is there a, at least a, a decent value play? I mean, Sal Perez is hitting cleanup against the lefty. So if you want to pay up at catcher, I think that makes some sense. But let's say you can't afford 3200 on Sal Perez. Where do you go? Well, Yadi Molina is a little bit interesting, actually, at just 3,000. I've seen a, a little bit of the Cardinals the last few weeks, and uh, he's been arguably their best hitter over the last few weeks here. So uh, for him to be batting third at just 3,000 against a guy like Ryu, who um, it's pretty hard to trust him right now. He pretty much almost lost his spot in the rotation. I don't know what uh, Dave Roberts did to change his mind about that, but um here we are. So I think Molina makes uh, some sense here. Uh, I like Mike Zunino if you want to go a little bit uh, further off the beaten path down at 2,400. Uh, he did the annual get sent down for striking out a million times and comes back up and he's he is kind of rejuvenated here. So at 2,400, um, I think some Mariners might be in play uh, tonight, even though that's not at cores. I still think that he's like cheap enough uh, with the sort of pop upside that, that you look for if you're sort of punting on catcher uh, or at least punting on floor. Um, at catcher, then I think that uh, Mike Z is my guy. Yeah, I think if I'm going to pay up, I like Molina more than Perez, the closer I look at it, because Molina's hitting third tonight uh, against a lefty. And Hinjin Ryu is not the player he was before his shoulder right. uh, went, you know, became a problem for him. He's just really struggled to get back to his previous level. So I think you want to get at least a little bit of exposure, maybe multiple Cardinals if possible, but even if you go one off, Yadier Molina is a good way to do it. Uh, sliding over to first base, a lot of the big first basemen already played today. Yeah, uh, so, the, so it, no it, Goldschmidt. Yeah, no no Goldie, no Rizzo, no no Anthony Rizzo really for anybody unless he played the the all day slate. Like a uh, crazy person. Yeah, I, I never play those. <laughs> no. they, they're just they're not for me. They're they're, they're for other people, but they're they're not for me. <laughs> Uh, Miggy's priced up a little bit. He's been struggling. He let me down yesterday. He's got a righty righty matchup against Ian Kennedy. I mean, I I don't blame people for wanting to use him at forty one hundred, but I think you can do 
uh, a little bit better. I mean, I, th- I would rather just play Jose Abreu at 3600 against Drew Pomeranz if I'm going to spend up. But today might be the rare day where going cheap at first base is actually a good idea. I think you're absolutely right. You know, Abreu is probably the the highest price I'd go for for a first baseman right here, and it, he's batting third against that le, against lefty Drew Pomeranz. Obviously, we mentioned earlier how good the White Sox have been against lefties all year, and obviously he's at the same price point as Chris Davis on the Orioles. Uh, I I much prefer to have Abreu. I think he gets on base at least a few times there, um, and with a similar home run upside. Uh, moving down the list a little bit, I know we've talked about getting some Rays uh, going against that sort of spot starter. So I think Logan Morrison makes some sense at 3,500. He's he's you know much improved this year, um, and I think he's hitting third or fourth in the lineup tonight. So I mean that that obviously uh, helps things as well. So uh, I'd probably go for those two on the upper end of the uh, first base slate, and then a little bit lower. I think guys like Matt Holiday or uh, Trey Mancini are both uh, worth consideration. They're same price at 2900 uh, Mancini batting six, but Holiday batting third. And Holiday just absolutely walloped a couple of home runs last night as well. I mean, one of them, like, that was one of the furthest I've seen hit at Camden Yards this year. Yeah, 2900 on Holiday is pretty nice for a guy hitting third in a strong Yankees lineup. So plenty of ways to go at it at first base, even though we're talking about nine games instead of the 15 that we had uh, yesterday. Uh, I don't really have any issue using uh, Lucas Duda against Junior Guerra either at 3,000. I think that's also in play. And I, I don't want to stack Mets against Guerra. I don't think he's so bad that he's going to have a complete implosion, but sure. I think you can uh, try to pick your spots with some lefties going up against him. Uh, moving over to second base, you got uh, Daniel Murphy going up against Matt Cain, but it is in San Francisco, so that's why you're getting the price break. He's 3600 uh, No problem if you want to play it, but it's not my best play on the board. Uh, Robbie Cano, if I, if I can have an unlimited budget at second base, I would pay the three the 3800 for Cano. Antonio Sensatella has been surprisingly effective so far, but the underlying numbers do not support it. And I think Seattle is one of those parks that's actually better for hitters than people realize, especially for lefties that have mm-hmm. power. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think uh, it kind of got that pitcher's park rep, uh, reputation there. But then over the last few years, it, it's it's up among one of the biggest home run parks in all of baseball. So the the ball does fly out of there, and they've you know gotten themselves enough pieces uh, that that sort of uh, fit that mold. And Cano is obviously he brings that left-handed power. So uh, in in my lineup that I've that I've kind of strung together here, I did uh, kind of carve out enough money to have to have Cano there, and I, I had to use Mike Z to get there as well. But you know, I think combining those two that averages out pretty nicely uh, as far as what you're paying at two positions i think cano uh is easily the best second baseman here tonight you look a little further down trying to find some value um the the odor play doesn't work for me today because it's against chris archer so that little default goes away uh starlin castro's 3300 and he's a little cheaper uh, then Cano, save 500 and, and get a guy that's clean up tonight for the Yankees. So a little 3-4 stack from the Yankees could work if you want to pair Castro with Holiday, mm-hmm. or you could just run Castro by himself. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's a, that's a strong play. I mean, any any of the top five or really six uh, of the Yankees uh, hitters are in play for me today. I think Castro has been you know consistently uh, contributing throughout the season. Every time I've used him, even even in like that one off, like you mentioned, uh, where he's the only Yankee in my lineup, it, I never seem to regret it. So I think Castro makes some sense. Uh, moving down to like thirty two hundred, uh, Whit Merrifield's a guy that that sort of 
under the radar because that, that Royals team isn't what it was from a couple seasons ago. But he's hitting 400 against lefties. Gets a lefty uh, tonight in, in Boyd that I don't, hasn't been uh, going as strong as, as many expected thus far. So I think that, uh, yeah, Merrifield at 3,200 makes some sense to me. How about you? I like Merrifield when he's hitting higher in the order. It's not mm-hmm. bad today, though, because it is against the lefty. And he can do other things. He can steal bases if he's not giving you a little bit of cheap punch. So uh, no real issue with that. Uh, as far as like a, another cheap option goes, I don't know if there's anybody else I'd actually play. I think it's one of those days where you have to sort of take your medicine and, and pay up a little bit it's uh, true. at second base. But you can go cheap at first. So You can go cheap at both corners. I mean, uh, the, the $3,000 plays, even Albert Pujols, I haven't talked about him before, but like Duda, Pujols, um, you know, you got a couple different ways you can attack first base, and that opens up extra cash. Uh, at third base, my initial lineup, I, I went a little cheap. Paul DeYoung is hitting seventh tonight for the Cardinals, but he's only 2,200. Mentioned Hinjin Ryu is a, a guy that's really struggled. It's righty lefty for DeYoung. And uh, the part of the reason why I had to find one kind of min salary or close to min salary player is because at 11.5, you have to do something to offset the cost of Scherzer. Now, true. If you want to go with some of the more prominent third basemen, you've got. Arenado against Paxton in Seattle. Not crazy, but the pitching matchup for him, even if Paxton only goes five in this one. Uh, Rendon goes into San Francisco against Matt Cain at 3,700. That might drive the ownership rate down because San Francisco is such a tough place to hit. True. But I didn't want to go there either. Uh, Machado, we talked about him on the XM show. I mean, it's against Tanaka. If you're not using Tanaka, Machado at 3,600 is a kind of an interesting GPP play because the ownership rate may be a tick lower than it usually is for Machado at that price point. That's true, but at the same time, uh, until Machado starts to turn it around, uh, it's hard for me to use him in, in you know either GPP or a tournament uh, format. I mean, I think you make really good points there, but at the same time, like I, I watch Manny Machado, like I watch you know pretty much every at bat of his, and he just does not look like the same guy from last year. I don't know if it's like a health thing, but it seems like his his approach is terrible. His strikeout rate is up, I think, like 4 or 5% this year. Uh, he's still providing some power, but he's just really uh, not putting the ball in play as much as uh, you would like or expect from you know a guy that's kind of considered one of the elite offensive third basemen. Uh, so I, I thought that third base is one of the harder positions uh, to figure out for this evening. Um, cause you know, usually I would like a guy like Travis Shaw, 3000 hitting cleanup, but, uh, not against DeGrom, not, not at city field. So this was, this was a tough one for me. I ended up going with Chase Headley, at least in this first run through, but I'm not even sure how great I feel about that, even though he does have a good matchup. I'm going back and forth with DeYoung and Josh Rutledge because third base is just tough yeah, today. it's bad. 2,300 for Rutledge, hitting fifth today against Mike Pelfrey. If you expect the Red Sox to hit Pelfrey, I certainly do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cheap exposure to that is hard to come by. Rutledge offers that at a position that's a little bit thin. Uh, shortstop is also a bit of a challenge tonight. Uh, I've got Escobar as a guy I'm putting in right now at 2,400 because he's leading off and it's against the lefty, but... I hate it because he doesn't really have any power. I mean, that's not it's not you're gonna, it's not like you're going to find a lot of power at the shortstop position in general, but I feel like you're just throwing it away or, or capping yourself at like 12 points max at 2400. You could live with that, but even then, it's like Escobar hasn't been running uh, nearly as much as he has in the past. So the stolen base count hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to do at shortstop today? Uh, yeah, this one this one is really tough as well. Um, still waiting to see uh, where Tim Beckham draws into the lineup. But if he if he's you know somewhere in the 
top two thirds of the order. I'm considering him at 2,900. Uh, he does have the the pop potential that that um, a lot of these other uh, shortstops or middle infielders uh, just simply don't. Um, Tim Anderson, he's cooled off a little bit, um, but. You know, he's a guy that, that's hitting for a pretty high average against lefties. He doesn't have the same power numbers against lefties as he does against righties. I think it's like six home runs against righties and like one against lefties. Uh, but I still like Tim Anderson's ability to to get on base there, uh, you know, slap a few base hits together. He is batting seventh, unfortunately, which kind of cools me off of him uh, more than I was expecting. But um, yeah, so Beckham, Beckham and Anderson, just, you know, some dudes named Tim at shortstop is sort of where I'm leaning today. I was going to pay up for one of my outfielders. Uh, I was going to pay for Melky, but maybe I should just pay for Trey Turner at short and then go cheap in the outfield where you can it's pile up deeper. the at-bats. Yeah, I, I think that might be the, the better strategy. Uh, shifting the focus over to the outfield, I mean, your your top-end options are kind of off the board for me because I'm, I'm playing Scherzer as my main pitcher. Uh, if I end up building a Jesse Chavez lineup or something, you know, I have no problem paying forty two hundred for Judge or forty six hundred for Betts. Can only really afford one of those guys. Uh, JD Martinez is thirty nine hundred, so a little little more expensive than yesterday. I'm okay with it. I think the funny thing about Kauffman Stadium is it boosts up runs, but it it stifles home runs, and that's what I'm buying JD Martinez for. Exactly. So. I'm a little cooler on him today than but I was yesterday. He hits like 430. Like no, no park can really hold that. So yeah, I, the park factors for the elite power bats kind of are irrelevant. But I don't know. I, I don't feel. I don't feel good about the Tigers' offense after what happened yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I've said that, they'll probably go off tonight against Ian Kennedy because I thought they'd go off against Eric Scoglin. Sure. Uh, but, you know, looking at the mid range and, and cheaper outfielders, what's your plan of attack today? Um, let's see. I, I went with Steven Souza as sort of my, my lower priced, um, option in the outfield, because what I, what I did was I, I, this is a junior Guerra lineup that I'm talking about, um, where I'm also using a $2,900 first baseman. So my outfield is Corey Dickerson, Aaron Judge, and Steven Souza. Um, but I think, you know, you can certainly make a case for, for Brett Gardner, the way that he's swinging the bat right now, 3,600. Uh, I think there might be a little bit of point chasing going on, though, because, you know, he did hit uh, two home runs on Tuesday night. So I think that some people are, might fall for that trap a little bit. Um, Geez, Aaron Hicks is only is uh, 3,200, and he's hitting second. Tommy Pham has been really good all month, um, so, and uh, Mazzara uh, is another guy, but he draws, obviously, a pretty tough matchup uh, going against Archer. I'm probably not going to use Adam Jones, though, this first game back. He's been you know banged up with the jammed hip and a jammed ankle, so uh, off of him, even though he's at a you know, good price at 3,100 batting second. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about Jones, too, so I wouldn't be using him. Um, what do you think about Avisil Garcia and Jorge Bonifacio? Twenty nine hundred for Garcia going up against Pomeranz. Twenty eight hundred for Bonifacio going up against Matthew Boyd. I mean, I mentioned some concerns about JD at his price against Kennedy. Kennedy gives up his share of home runs too, uh, but Bonifacio being in the heart of that Royals lineup, yeah. going up against the lefty that gives up some home runs. I mean, I I kind of like those two as mid-range options that'll save you some money in the outfield. Yeah, I'm totally with you, on, especially on Bonifacio. Just uh, that, you know, he's one of the few guys that is sort of bringing power to that Royals lineup right now. And, you know, as you mentioned, I think that he go, he's going against a guy on board that can certainly give up the long ball, even though we're, we are talking about Kaufman here, Bonifacio, uh, seven home runs thus far this year. So I do like him amongst these under 3,000 uh, 3, outfielders. 
Yeah, so a lot of ways you can go at it tonight, as is often the case, but it's, it's a goofy slate. And for as much as I right. liked the four-game slate this afternoon, I'm a, I'm a little cooler on uh, the Wednesday night slate, even though we've got nine games to pick from, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, keep in mind, again, this year, late swap contests are a part of FanDuel. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual game, which is great because you don't have to worry about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm or like a cookout possibly causing Miguel Sano to not feel well and then suddenly get scratched. Uh, there are also non-late swap contests, too, if you still prefer those. The classics. Yeah, the, the classics. Updated scoring also available. Quality starts have been added this year, so your pitchers uh, will have more control over their own performance. And, of course, there's friends mode as well. You can create a league for your friends. Choose the day as you play each week. Contests are created automatically, and the leaderboard will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. Keep in mind, I've been hitting more of the 50-50s this year than the GPPs, trying to balance it out a little bit, keep the cash flow a little more positive, and it's been a good decision so far. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users deposit today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. It's FanDuel.com slash RW. It's going to wrap things up for us here on the Wednesday installment of the Rotowire DFS podcast. We're back with you tomorrow.